And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. You know, earlier, Eric, we were just talking about some of the uh, the economic situation out there. We were looking at inflation. I think it started by talking about the fact that over the last two years, we actually got the two-year uh, inflation numbers for Halloween candy up twenty-seven percent. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And, and that's and and that's why one of the things I would like is if somebody could not just do core inflation, but actually take the things that Americans buy. Right. You know the right. things that they have to have. Right. right. And I mean rent, car payments. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Rent, car payments, well, housing. Let's just put it under housing. Yeah. Utilities, right. uh, utilities, yeah. and then everything from cleaning materials to food, what Americans actually have to have to survive as a number for those products to show what the real impact of inflation has been and do it, do it since uh, 2021. Yeah, right. Sure. I mean, you have to do the you've got to do the full thing. You have to do it for the last uh, over two and a half years and go from the very beginning of what it was then. Just to show the impact on the American public, I'd like to see somebody do those actual numbers. But we were talking about a variety of things, including, uh, you know, the, uh, the the deficit and how uh, former uh, Obama economist, economic advisor, uh, Lauren Summer said, eh, this doesn't look good. And so I just, I, I read this article, it was in Breitbart, Breitbart Business, and I went, they don't know what's going on. And this is here, when Federal Reserve officials met last month, their summary of economic projections showed a median expectation for the target rate to be 5.6% at the end of this year. That's the equivalent to one more quarter point hike above the current range. The median expectation for the end of 2024 was for 5.1%, which would be a quarter point below the current level or two quarter point cuts from the projection at the end of the year. CNBC on Tuesday released the results of its survey of economists, strategists, and analysts 
it shows that 57% expect a cut next year, but not until September. That would leave room for three cuts, one each in September, November, and December meetings. That's a change from the September survey, which showed that respondents were expecting a cut near the beginning of uh, next year. So there has been some movement away from the idea that the Fed would start cutting rates less than a year after the July increase, which many on Wall Street are now assuming was the last rate hike. There's still a sizable gap between the median projection of federal officials and the responses in the CNBC survey. According to CNBC, the survey now forecasts a 4.6% federal fund rates at the end of 2024, 50 basis points lower than the September median projection of federal officials. This seems to imply no more rate hikes this year and three cuts next year. Hmm. They're totally guessing. Yeah. They have no idea. Right. No, I mean, they're just, I I saw the, I I, I saw some analysis uh, over the last few days that's in the kind of in that same vein. It's yeah, well, this could happen and that could happen. They don't know. They really don't know. And, you know, I've been saying that that Jerome Powell's not really not interested in and isn't serious, rather, in getting on top of inflation. And I still hold that. They're not serious about it. They didn't do enough. And now you're getting into you're getting too close to the fire here in 2024 uh, to move in any aggressive way. You know, I saw some analysis from CNBC yesterday about, you know, not moving on on the interest rates uh, this in, in the November meeting and the whole thing. And, you know, and that's what the market really wants for them to not do anything right now. And I thought to myself, first of all, where does what's the basis for that particular point in your analysis? Because we all know where this has to go. You can keep inflation high and also have relatively high interest rates for a long time. And that's a recipe for disaster. So the question would be, when are they going to get serious about it? And do they believe, like some analysts believe uh, and have talked about it and written about it in recent weeks, that we're headed for a recession in 24. And that's what I'd love to know about, you know, from from the Fed. Do they believe we're heading into a recession? Now, they're, they're not going to, I mean, that's a fly on the wall kind of thing. They're not going to make that kind of prediction. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com and use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. 
Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letter C P Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Because I'm reading here, I I looked at the long-term projections from the Fed. While rates are expected to fall in 2024 and 2025, the median rate forecast was increased by 50 uh, basis points at the end of each year from 4.6 to 5.1 for 2024 and from 3.4 to 3.9% in 2025. So what they're saying is a year from now, Mm -hmm. the Fed rate should be Mm 5.1%. And in 2025, two years from now, 3.9%. 3.9%. Mm-hmm. They have no idea. They have right. no idea. That's a complete... Right. You you might as well sit there and say, uh, uh, in in 2025, uh, you, you know, the uh, the bookies are saying uh, San Francisco will win the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. No idea. Right. None. No, they don't. Um, because I don't know, and, and less... And, the only thing that I could see, if there is a projection, and I look at it more politically when it comes to inflation, mm. and you and I talked earlier about the fact that the fight's going on right now. Johnson is Speaker of the House. Mm-hmm. Biden wants to spend $100 billion and wants to spend billions on things completely unrelated to Ukraine and Israel. It's right. like, oh, we need to spend more money. We need to spend more money. You and I have talked about the fact that there is going to be tremendous amount of pressure. If we see, if if the interest on the debt is a trillion dollars next year or more, because it was close to $900 billion, are they going to make cuts? Or are they just going to be borrowing a lot more money to fund what needs to be funded? And if we have a trillion and a half to two trillion or two trillion plus more because if the Supreme Court had not knocked down the Biden college loan transfer, we'd be over two billion two trillion dollars in debt. Now they've just tacked that on they they've tagged that on to next year, believing they're just not going to pay attention to the Supreme Court and they're going to find another way to try to get that in. So they still want to spend like crazy as you continue to spend like crazy there's going to have inflationary pressures, which un- unless they believe the Democrats or the, excuse me, the Republicans are going to win and will be able to convince the public that we actually need to cut. How can you possibly say that we're going to get interest rates down low again? And here's my question. What's the Fed's what is the Fed's thinking now? Do they want to get down to zero rates again? Because if there was incentive to keep interest rates low so we could buy our own debt, which was the most asinine thing that the government could have possibly ever done, but it was accepted. Yeah. And no party really ever made it a major core issue. 
Why? Interest rates are down, and so the economy booms. Or you're going to pay for it. Sooner or later, you're going to pay for it because that's just manipulation of money. Mm-hmm. You're manipulating the cost of money. That's all you're doing. And it's the central planners manipulating it. We know what happens when the central planners get involved. They always screw up. Always. Why? Because in any human endeavor, they're actually a monopoly trying to trying to figure out what the market wants instead of letting just the market go. I mean, is that the Fed's plan? I mean, are, is that the projection that, okay, we'll be down to near zero interest rates again in the future? I, I think it's, I don't know that zero would be the target, but I think they want to get back to what, because I consider those individuals who who lived in that delusional state of zero interest forever. And there were a lot. I, I'm just guessing here, but I think most people believed that interest rates were going to be rock bottom forever. And I think they'd like to approach that territory. I think they know they can't get down to, you know, nothing. But I really believe that, and especially if we hit a recession, if it's a deep recession, what are you going to do? Well, that's when you come back and you tame those interest rates. And they would absolutely love to do that and then claim victory. Now, the question is, Who's going to be in the White House in January of 25? The, the the bigger question is spending from Capitol Hill. And if it can be controlled. How do we service the interest on the national debt? Which will grow and grow and grow. The principal is growing all the time. And interest rates are high. The the mess left behind by the Biden administration is going to be, it's going to be an Everest to climb. I don't care who it is. I think you may have a number of Democrats going, you know what, I, I would primary against Biden. But I don't want to get in. I don't. There's not enough <laughs> brooms to get in there and actually clean up what he's done. I'm just going to stand back from this vantage point and and watch. All right, coming up next. I just happened to come upon an article mm. from March of 2020, right after COVID began. Mm-hmm. Ready for the headline? Mm. Get ready, because remember, we still were. At zero, basically zero interest rate. Right. Get ready for the Fed to raise rates in 2027. This was in March of 2020. The CNN Business article. Another prediction coming true, right? <laughs> They'd all be trillionaires if they could do that. That's why I don't waste a lot of time. I just happened to see that one and, and went, when, you know, and they say this to me. I'm like, they have no idea. This is no just idea. like. This is like watching. Well, there's far too many variables. Yeah. And they're all in motion all the time. All these variables are in motion all the time. There's no way to know where it lands. 866-90-RED-EYE. 
This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by Howes Products. Tested, trusted, guaranteed since 1920. A country that is mostly dry and cool as we finish up October and head into the first couple of days of November. And USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says this is a weather pattern that will stick around this week. A bite with some changes. So the cold air is eroding already across the far west. And as we go through the first few days of November, that mild air that's appeared along the Pacific coast will work its way back to the east. One exception regarding this warming trend. Great Lakes, the northeastern states, and perhaps along the east coast, the cold air will be a little more stubborn there, a little bit slower to move out. So those areas may stay on the cool side. Likewise, an exception to this week's trend of dryness. We've got a series of early season Pacific storms that will be marching ashore in the northwest. And so from the northern Pacific coast, eastward through the Cascades, it's actually going to be quite stormy. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report brought to you by Cenex Fuels and Loops. More with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. So we just got talking about just economic things uh, uh, again. And, and I had seen an article that was talking about, well, the so-called experts out there. Here's what they think uh, the interest rates will be a year from now. Uh, yeah. And we went through a little bit. And I got to the point of blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And I went, Eric, they have no idea. They have no idea what yeah. they're talking They have no idea. Mm. It's just pure guessing. And then I decided to go back. I go, well, I wonder what the Fed's, what, what their goal is for you know, like way out. Yeah, and and yeah. I got as far as 2027 when they said like 3.5% is what they believe it will be by then. So it's still not going to be really low at that point. Right, right. Still be 3.5%, you know, four year. But again, they have no idea if that's going to be it. Well, but, but, but even that. Yeah. So I decided to go back and look and go, right, let me go back a few years. And I went back, this article comes up, CNN Business, get ready for the Fed to raise rates. This is in March of 2020. Mm. March 17th of 2020. Mm. Wow, the day my mom went into the hospital. Mm. St. Patrick's Day of 2020. Mm. Get ready for the Fed to raise rates in 2027. And it's like, when the Federal Reserve slashed interest rates to zero Sunday night, the central bank was clearly sounding the alarm. Expect the Fed to keep bringing it for a long, long time. Yeah. And they right. ba- basically the whole thing is that, uh, but lower interest rates matter most to consumers uh, and small business because they influence how much people and corporations pay to borrow money, blah, 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 blah. Now many uh, experts and economists are wondering if the Fed will go a step further and cut rates into negative territory. Remember that discussion? Yeah. And that didn't happen. No. no. It says economy may be too fragile to raise rates anytime soon. And they said if history is any guide, it could be several years before the Fed raises rates again. After the Fed went to zero in December of 2008, the next rate hike wasn't until 2015. It is not yet clear that the Fed will need to keep the rates this low until 2027, but it's possible. Now, we see what happened. And part of the reason is because we kept rates so low for the Fed to buy its print money and buy its own debt. Yeah. It's part of the reason 
that we see the inflation we did today. Right. So, and, and so they're, they're touting it at all. Oh, it's great. It's great. Zero interest rates, zero interest rates, zero interest rates. But it's not based on reality. And it was done in order to manipulate the cost of the debt to the American people and make it easier to borrow more money at the same time financing your own debt. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was a, a delusional state. That this is where, if you look at the history of the Fed and and uh, anyone that has been chair, it, it's that that same kind of delusional mindset and magic wand that they think they have, and they're always trying to play that balancing act. And the fact of the matter is, is that the markets are going to determine. You can have an impact on that, but what you can't do is you can't change what people need or want. You can manipulate an economy, but you can't change economics, exactly. as we've always stated. Right. And, and, you know, they, they keep thinking they can. There's a tremendous amount of arrogance, I believe, to that. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, there's, and, a, there's a, and think about this. There's a tremendous amount of arrogance. You know, the entire Green New Deal. Well, mm-hmm. we know how to run an economy. Yeah, we exactly. know how to do it. Yeah, no, the I was e, about e, to say e, yeah, EVs, yeah. the grid, the central planners up there. There's, a, and and think about it. Isn't it amazing that the most arrogant people that think they can run the entire thing are the most completely clueless people? I was going to say they're the ones that that are least qualified to do it. Uh, the you know, but with both monetary and fiscal policy yeah because if you actually understand how it all works you realize you can't control it right as an individual right or a government right but they still they live in that delusional can, state yep. and always will they believe that they can do it Listen to our podcast available on the app and on our website, RedEyeRadioShow.com. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. All right, let's uh, let's get into uh, uh, this here. As you know, Christopher Ray, FBI Director and uh, Mayorkas, Head of uh, Homeland Security, were in front of the Senate uh, uh, yesterday. We... And with Mayorkas, you're not getting any answer still no. on uh, on anything. Uh, I will say this, though. I'm going to play an audio cut here from Ron Johnson, uh, Senator Ron Johnson, uh, with the FBI director. And this has to do with the whole Joe Biden investigation. Yeah. But uh, before that, I have to tell you that I was playing audio earlier uh, where Johnson asked the FBI director, would your job be made easier looking for terrorists if the border was secure? And he said, well, I'm not really going to get into that uh, because uh, that's, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, Homeland Security right. is here for that. And Johnson goes, well, the answer is yes. Yeah. 
If you didn't have 70,000 special interest people crossing the border, which means you're concerned about them, your job would be easier. Right. They just can't answer anything. No, but they can't. But, but I, I wanted to play this here because this gets into uh, how the, uh, the, uh, the, re- the Republicans in the Senate, because really, if you look at it now, almost everything has been in the House looking into Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and the investigation and everything else. And then it came up about uh, earlier this, was it this week or last week, about the uh, 40 confidential human sources yeah, yeah. that, uh, you know, th- that uh, were looking, you know, at the criminal activity, that were looking into alleged criminal activity of the Biden family. Right. And so Johnson, that's where he heads down here in this back and forth. Now, Director Ray, I'm assuming you've seen and read the letter that Senator Grassley wrote to you and Attorney General Garland on October 24th. I'm generally aware of it. Oh, you ought to read it. Let me read some segments to you. By the way, just very interesting. He doesn't say, no, I've, I've read it. I'm familiar with it. I'm familiar with, you know. Right. Had he actually read it, he would have said, yes, yeah, I read yeah. it. He didn't even read it. No. And, and that's very telling. Because you at least read it, right? Right. If the people that have oversight over you, you at least read it. You may disagree with it, but you read it. No, just ignore it. That's what he's claiming. Let's go on. Uh, The FBI maintained over 40 confidential human sources that provided criminal information related to Joe Biden, James Biden, and Hunter Biden. An essential question that must be answered in this, did the FBI investigate the information or shut it down? Certainly there's a host of reasons to conclude that they attempted to shut it down. It goes on. It has been alleged that the basis for shutting down the investigative activity, uh, shutting it down, was an August 2020 assessment created by FBI Supervisory Intelligence Analyst Brian Auten. That assessment was used by FBI headquarters team to improperly discredit negative Hunter Biden information as disinformation caused investigative activity to cease. It goes on. Analyst Brian Auten opened the aforementioned assessment, which was used by the Foreign Influence Task Force to seek out CHS holdings at FBI field offices across the country relating to the Biden Biden family and falsely discredit them as foreign disinformation. My my staff caused that catch and kill. And by the way, it was that same task force that gave Senator Grassley and I our unsolicited briefing that was later leaked to the media to smear me and impact uh, my 2022 election. Senator Grassley concludes, there appears to be an effort within the Justice Department and FBI to shut down investigative activity relating to the Biden family. Such such decisions point to significant political bias infecting the decision-making of not only the Attorney General and FBI Director, but also line agents and prosecutors. Our republic cannot survive such a political infection, and you have an obligation to this country to clear the air. Let me ask another, and by the way, I'd ask that this, yeah, consent that this uh, letter be entered in the record, and also this column that appeared in the Wall Street Journal published yesterday. Have you read this one? More on the stifled Hunter Biden probe. I have seen that. Okay. Uh, we'll enter that in the record. Again, this is, uh, column is written uh, based on... The- Wait a minute. So he read, he has seen the Wall Street Journal article, but didn't see the letter that Grassley... He's familiar with the letter that Grassley sent him. Do you buy that? Or is that part of the arrogance that we're not going to admit that we even pay attention to you guys? No, that's exactly what it sounds like. 
we're not going to acknowledge your oversight here. We don't we don't go by what you guys send us. Let's continue. The October 23rd Judiciary Committee interview with former U.S. Attorney Scott Brader, who was Brady, who was tapped by Attorney General Barr to vet information related to Ukrainian corp- corruption and pass along credible material to offices with ongoing investigations. I'll get some highlights here. The FBI office in Pittsburgh couldn't take any steps without the review and approval of FBI court headquarters. Uh, Mr. Brady describes a reluctance on the part of the FBI to really do any tasking related to allegations of Ukrainian corruption broadly, and then specifically anything that intersected with Hunter Biden and his role in Burisma. FBI headquarters had to sign off on every assignment, no matter how small or routine, and that this sometimes required 17 different people, mostly at the headquarter level. Uh, Mr. Brady said he'd never in his DOG career seen anything like it. Mr. Brady says his office was informed by members of the Pittsburgh FBI team that they had been instructed by headquarters not to affirmatively share information with the Brady team. Uh, he said he was surprised to learn of the, that the FBI possessed the Hunter Biden laptop since 2019. He heard that through public reports. Uh, Senator Grassley's letter concludes that he has obtained names from his whistleblower, 25 Department of Justice FBI personnel, to interview at a future date, and he's also requesting a bunch of information. Will you provide those FBI personnel for interviews with his office in mind, and will you provide that, those documents? Well, I'll have to review the specific requests, and we'll see how we can be helpful. Okay, well, I'll hand you this letter. Final point I want to make. I was briefed a couple of weeks ago by members of the FBI on what Senator Blumenthal are doing to try and unredact a lot of the information on the 9-11 event, Okay. Now, the briefers seem to be people of integrity, like I think the vast majority of the men and women that work in the FBI, the 38,000 field agents. So again, they, they were people with integrity. The problem is that they gave me three different examples of redacted and then unredacted to explain it. And the redactions made sense of those three examples, but I had to make the point. The problem I have is I simply cannot trust what the FBI is providing me. And I don't say that with any joy in my heart. That's a travesty. The American people want to believe and have trust in the FBI. We want credibility and integrity restored to your institution. But, but Director Ray, you have not done that since assuming office. And I, I could go through a long laundry list of the reasons why that trust has been violated. I don't have it right now. I'm happy to sit down and meet with you and go over these things in detail. But I would say, because they asked me, what can you, we do to restore trust? Start being transparent. My final point is, and this is actually a question, why is it, and this makes no sense, I'm an elected U.S. Senator. I have the highest security clearance. Why is it that unelected members of the FBI can see the documents unredacted, but I can't even in a secure briefing room? That makes no sense whatsoever, but that's exactly how federal law enforcement, Department of Justice, the FBI, who are the law, remain above the law, remain above scrutiny, and completely scorn our constitutional, our constitutional responsibility and authority to provide oversight. We just can't do it, as the chairman was talking about earlier, about how you've basically ignored his requests for credit for the, or questions for the record. Mr. Chairman, may I respond? You may. Uh, so needless to say, I disagree with your characterization, uh, not only of my own performance, but of our workforce. Uh, I will tell you, when it comes to trust and confidence, 
the number of people applying to be special agents of the FBI has gone up dramatically since I've been FBI director. And in fact, in your home state of Wisconsin, it's gone up about 160-something percent, which is one of the highest in the country. So I see an FBI every day that conducts themselves with integrity and professionalism and selflessness and rigor. Uh, and I do not accept the characterization of our performance in this particular that, case. That is not how I characterized it. I'm and talking about partisanship at finish, the top Mr. with some specific partisan actors. I, I said the vast majority of the 38,000 are people of integrity. And see how he changed it? Yep. He's attacking you, not yeah. the rank and file. Exactly. And that's the defense. Yeah. And by the way, he seemed to be able to cite some numbers there. It's interesting which questions they know. Well, I'm vaguely familiar with what you're talking about. And then when you go at them, hey, and then boom, 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 and he's citing stats. Well, he was ready for he was ready for that yeah, question. Exactly. That that I'm going to sit there and okay, I, that he's going to hit me. He's probably going to hit you on this particular uh, uh, question here. So what you say, because he's attacking the credibility like we have. He, I'm attacking your credit. This isn't about the rank and file agents. We're talking this is about the brass. You. This is you and yep. the people that work under you. Yep. This is the management. And by the way, if you want the evidence of that, look at all the polls on the trust in the FBI. Well, what, and, 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 and look at, at Ray's answer here. He was heavily motivated to be ready for that answer. That answer, which shows you what? That it is everything that, that's going on right now with the brass and the FBI, and it's been this way for a while, is all purely political. He was ready for that answer, but sorry, we can't share this with you. We can't share that with you. I don't know. I don't have that in front of me. And all these other vague non-answers that he has given time after time after time. That one he was ready for, like he's campaigning. <laughs> wow. It's a lot like his predecessor. Yeah. I, I just, and, wow. and very little, in fact, nothing like a seasoned, true law enforcement investigator. No, it's just, you know, the thing was when, and and, and uh, I should have played that audio cut too, we just don't have time uh, today, but uh, where he asked, uh, you know, would your job, think about this, would your job be easier if the border were secure? He goes, well, I'll leave that answer to someone else because that's not my, he goes, well, of course it would be. It's, it's your job. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have 70,000 special interest yes. uh, 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 border crossers that the FBI has to pay attention to. You can't answer that question. Right. But when it comes to the politics of your own popularity, yeah. as he's trying to make, we've had an increase in applications of 131% in Wisconsin alone. Right. He said, I'm not attacking the FBI, the rank and file agents. I'm attacking you. That shows you this is personal with the brass. They have an agenda. What I'd like to know, too, is since the left has politicized everything and become political activists across the board in government, uh, can I see the political party, the political affiliation of those FBI agents in Wisconsin that wish to join mm. as to why they wish to join? Yeah. 
Is it to become political activists like the management of the FBI or to become true FBI agents and solve crimes? Right. Sorry, but I got to ask that question since everything else in our society at a high level from the media to government to bureaucrats have all become political activists. That question must be asked. Right. Because activists right now everywhere are looking to to be in a place where they can be most effective as an activist. And they've had quite a bit of success being part of the FBI. Yeah, for a year. For years. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McMurray. So the question that I have uh, is, and again, it's rhetorical. We can't answer it yet. But uh, with uh, John Kirby coming out, the presidential spokesperson yesterday, and stating that, well, uh, not to talk about specifics, but no, a humanitarian pause uh, could be beneficial if uh, both sides, uh, you know, would uh, live up to their end of the bargain. And I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? Yeah. And I'm thinking, are they going to morph into that position more today? Is the president going to be out there it, it saying seems... now is the time for a humanitarian pause? No, after... it, it, yeah, no, it seems that way. Let's just kind of turn the dial in the other direction because that's where the, we, we said it the other day. The activists on the left lead the party. Yeah. And so if the activists are way over here, then they're going to have to make that pivot at some point. And. I think that was part of it. Hmm. How long before they just, you know what, we've been insisting Israel stop? Yeah. No, we predicted all of this. Yep. We said, yep. don't be surprised after a couple of weeks. But the war, when you talk about the, you know, the, the ground invasion, just as a few days old. Yeah. Yeah. And when Kirby said that yesterday, I'm like, okay, they're substituting humanitarian pause now for ceasefire. Yeah. Because it yeah. sounds better. Well, this is right. humanitarian. Yeah, right. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.